Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I thought we got tired. We had some really good looks. Um, they trapped us. Um, but, you know, a couple possessions early, maybe we didn't handle it as well as we could have. But, you know, we got we got good looks. Um, and that, that's what you have to do when someone's going to double you or whatever the recognition was in the reads. But, you know, I thought we got a little tired. Um, and then not getting stops doesn't give you an opportunity to score off your defense. Quit Snyder after the loss to Miami. It was an odd game. I thought the uh, bench unit gave him a chance. I thought in both halves, they, they did a pretty good job. And down the stretch, the finishing five, not as good as they usually were, as Quinn just alluded to there. Had shots, didn't hit him. Even when they were trying to go for the miracle finish, a couple of the threes rattled in and out. If those had gone, I would have changed the strategy. But Miami ends the five-game streak. On a day, the Jazz are making trades, they're releasing guys. Plus, an, an interesting, different-looking game, PK. Yeah, you know, you knew they were going to go to the tired card. The, the, the problem with that is Joe Ingles is uh, older than – he's 10 years older than Mitchell. And, you know, he, he played he, – his shots went down. So, I don't know that I buy that. I think the fact is that you had Mitchell and Bogdanovich were not shooting the ball well. And my guess is any game, no matter who they're playing, if those two are not shooting the ball well, and I forgot what they were combined, whatever it was, wasn't very good, they're not going to win the game. And that's just the reality of the situation. So they had a bad shooting game. That's going to happen. It's not going to be the wasn't the first time. It's not going to be the last time that they're going to have a bad shooting game. But, you know, I give them credit for battling and hanging in there and almost pulling it out. And those two guys didn't shoot the ball well. It happens. Ingles was sensational. Uh, Obviously, the story of the new acquisitions far supersedes any one game. And that's the bigger story. And everybody's excited about that. And I thought it was going to happen. I didn't know who. I didn't know when. But sure enough, it was going to happen. I thought they were going to get a G League player, too. That's what I heard, that the management went down to Vegas to scout to get the best player that they could find. Apparently, they did, and this Rajon Tucker. And I was scouring the Internet last night at 11 o'clock trying to find out as much as I could about this kid. And he'll come in here, and then obviously Clarkson's a proven commodity in the NBA. So got a little bit of reinforcement, and away we go. All right, we'll talk more about those deals. Dante Axon and the two second-round picks to the Cavs, what it means for the rest of this season. I think uh, just as importantly, maybe more importantly, what it means for next season. They certainly did it with an eye towards that. That's clear. We'll get to that coming up in the next segment. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. There's a steal in backcourt by McLemore. Russell Westbrook will go baseline right. So an extra possession. He'll dial up and hit a deep ball. Big time jumper for Russell Westbrook. Shot clock at eight. Harden, a step back, looking for three. And it's nothing but nylon. James Harden with a big three ball. And Houston beats Sacramento 113-104. That's Harden and Westbrook. Combining for 62 points. Harden had 34 of them. Westbrook, 28 of them. Houston picks up the win. And the uh, 
Other teams in the West, the Denver Nuggets, another contender in the West, edged the Suns 113-111. Jamal Murray with the game winner in that one. The Suns not winning at the same rate, but still uh, signs of life there, PK. Same rate as what? Uh, early in the season. I mean, they're eight games under now. Early on, they were playing almost 500 balls. I mean, they, I think they've, they've lost seven in a row. Yes. But? Yeah, I think they've... It's Denver. They've lost like seven in a row, haven't right. they? But it's Denver. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to beat Denver. Did you? Elsewhere in the NBA... Uh, yeah, I mean, any game. Can, any team can beat any game. Yeah. The Blazers are coming in next. The Pelicans beat them 102-94. to Brandon Ingram with a good game there, and Portland will be here Thursday night to play the Jazz. Late game on TNT. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. BYU in Hawaii tonight. The Hawaii Bowl in Aloha Stadium kicks off at 6 o'clock on ESPN. For BYU, a loss would put them at 7-6, the exact same as last year. A win, 8-5, and and they could point to the three-year trend and say, we're moving up. We're picking up speed. Hawaii scores a lot of points, but gives up a lot of points too. So maybe up and down the field a little bit, a little entertainment in this one. If the Cougar offense can keep it going. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for two weeks. I got nothing more to say. It's time to play football. (laughs) The uh, time for analysis far exceeds the availability of analysis. Six o'clock tonight. We got the pregame show at five o'clock. If you're in the car, you know, headed to the uh, family Christmas. Headed to Grandma's house. Headed to Grandma's house, right. Five o'clock, the Cougar pregame show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hashtag college football. College football playoff semifinals. Uh, LSU star running back hamstring in- injury. Fight Edwards Hilaire. LSU might be shorthanded against Oklahoma Saturday. So you're up to date on the injury situation leading into the big game. Speaking of having plenty of time to prepare, I had three weeks to get ready for that one. DJ and Well, PK. we already know Oklahoma's got several guys missing. Yeah. We, got, it- we know Oklahoma's got several guys missing, so... I'm not worried about that. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. There's a lot of history here that's great history. And uh, there was nobody that ever amplified the kind of mentality and toughness that we like to play with. And so if we get a chance to get uh, get the beast back on the field, we're gonna, we'll see how that works out. Seattle Seahawks lost two running backs to injury this week. They've lost three over the course of three weeks. Marshawn Lynch coming back to Seattle. Robert Turbin, the former Aggie, coming back to Seattle as they've got a huge game with San Francisco for the division title this week. Uh, Pete Carroll can talk, PK, but, I mean, if they were really that good, they would have been with the team. And this is desperate emergency measures by the Seahawks here because they've got no choice. Yeah, that's exactly right. They do have no choice. And if they can get anything out of these guys, they'll take it. Because when you're down two running backs, I mean, you're you're scraping here at this time of year especially. And so we'll see what they can get. Uh, but it's a significant blow. Uh, you know, and they've also had some receiver issues too. Russell Wilson is really good, but you've got to have some horses around them. Seattle and San Francisco play in the final weekend of the season for the NFC West 
Top spot, the top spot in the NFC North goes to the Green Bay Packers. They win the division 23-10. They beat the Vikings. Minnesota's offense just stifled all night. Green Bay just dominating the line of scrimmage. Minnesota couldn't run it, couldn't throw it. If it weren't for three Green Bay turnovers, it would have been a total blowout. But those, Darius Smith, man. Yeah, those three, yeah, he, was, he just played the whole game in the backfield. Those three turnovers kept, uh, kept Minnesota in it and gave him a halftime lead, but eventually they get beat 23-10. to 10. They just couldn't move the ball. Packers now sitting pretty nice just to win the division and we get a bye through the first round of the playoffs. So three games to the Super Bowl title for them, not four. In all probability, they got to beat Detroit on the road in the final weekend of the season. Also, Carolina Panthers interviewing former Packer coach Mike McCarthy for their vacant head coaching job. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, when we come back, the Jazz making their moves. What does it mean going forward? We will get to that next. A lot of your reaction. You were all over social media about it last night. We'll open the phones, 855-340-ZONE. It's an early Christmas gift for Jazz fans. We'll talk about it next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I got an extra ground with you and Adrian. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity now to apologize about uh, my belief that cruise ships are dangerous. Bam. Shipwreck. Not, not, not shipwreck. Yes, the ships wrecked. You so, know who else survived it? Me, because I was not uh, on a cruise ship on the ocean okay. because I don't trust the ocean. And I'll tell you who else survived it. Every person there. Six minor injuries. People it. are injured more in the turkey bowl than this little wreck. You know what else I don't this do? Was the a, turkey bowl. This is a fender bender. When's Earth the last bender. time you got in a fender bender and there was a chance that you'd be eaten by sharks? Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, PK, the Jazz make the trade. Dante Exum gets moved. They get Jordan Clarkson. They have to give up two second-round draft picks. Clarkson can score. and. You know, he's buried on a – he's not playing on a Cleveland team that isn't very good and seems headed for the lottery in the Eastern Conference again. So let's not oversell this. But for the Jazz right now, I think all they're looking for for their bench unit is a, a group that can go out and trade hoops and not give up ground. Too many nights they give up ground and there's work for, do, work for the starters to do when they come back in. And so if Clarkson is a defensive nightmare, but he scores and they trade hoops, I think the Jazz are going to declare victory on that and move ahead. Okay, yeah, I can buy everything you said here. I mean, it was obvious they needed to do something, and you know they weren't going to get some world beaters unless they gave up some really good players and so they basically gave up nothing in terms of Exum and what he's contributing right now and he hasn't been playing and obviously he wasn't going to play last night but even before that he wasn't playing so uh, he'd fallen out of the rotation and Clarkson is a proven commodity in terms of his ability to score he can give you some points how is he going to fit in you know you're going to need some time you don't think he's going to hit the ground running and all that stuff I get all that and the second round picks 
well, if you use your first-round picks good enough, then maybe you don't need as many second-round picks. You don't want to dis- just discard assets uh, willy-nilly, but you've got to give up something. And then, you know, I'd heard that they were going to go down to Vegas and they were going to try to scout the best G League players. I don't follow the G League that much, uh, but this Tucker kid scoring a lot of points. Uh, you, you read stuff on what his coaches were saying and, and, and whatnot. You know, he, he was a kid who... I think he's from Charlotte, went down to Florida to play, then transferred to Arkansas Little Rock, and then was going to be a grad transfer, and he was going to go to Memphis to Penny Hardaway. So that made me open my eye a little bit. But then obviously he goes into the draft, he's not drafted, and then he's doing his thing now. So uh, is there something there? It's worth a shot. And Jeff Green, apparently they had issues. I mean, that that question that I asked to Locke last Friday <laughs> and his one-word answer, no. That told us more than we needed to know. I mean, you Locke or uh, Yock, why don't you play that and you can just read into uh, Locke's body language over the phone. You think we'll see more of Jeff Green taking it to the basket? No. <laughs> That was awesome. But I left the entire pause <laughs> on both sides of there. That pause, it, which was, by the way, excellent editing by you, because the pause was the message. The, the pause before and then the quiet no. after is, I know more than I should be yapping about on the radio, and it's not good. you think we'll see good. more of Jeff Green taking it to the basket? No. <laughs> that's, you know what that's like, DJ? What? That's like Scotty G bringing in a plate full of breakfast with pancakes and eggs and bacon and sausage, and you saying, no. Yeah, there it is. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something is up. You love your breakfast. <laughs> and the next question was something about Joe Ingles, and it was like a three-minute answer. It wasn't the lock didn't yes. want to talk to us. It was <laughs> like, I'll talk about this. But Dad over there, I'm about to step in it. If I say something, I could say the wrong thing. I'm just going to go with no. <laughs> just well, hey, hey, and wise move by him because obviously he knows more stuff than uh, he, he let on. needs yeah. to be talking about <laughs> right. on the radio. And yet so, at the same time, they, if you know he knows that, then you know something is up. And you don't know something is up later that night, in three days, in a week, in two weeks. But something's mm-hmm. up. Yeah. At some point, something yeah. is up. Right. And it turned out it was up after the G League showcase when they thought they found somebody else who might help them. Yeah. And speaking of up, I mean, this is this is a bunch of serious moves for the Jazz. Are our listeners up? Are they going to respond? They love their Jazz. How are they hanging on? Where, Where are, are they? Where are they? Uh, sound asleep on Christmas Eve. And we're here live. <laughs> You're looking live. <laughs> live and alive. <laughs> I know. Why couldn't just, they wait a couple of weeks know, or right? last week? I'll just well, I'll say this. One, they were up last night when it happened, and they hit the social media hard. And two, if you want to play a basketball game right now, you could set up one of those portable courts in I-15 and have it because there's nobody out on that thing right now. It's, it's pretty empty. Yeah. All right, so here's some of the uh, some of the reaction here, and it's all over the map. And I think the one thing that hasn't been discussed enough because everybody's in the middle of this season, Clarkson's contract is a year shorter than Exum's. And yes. we know there was the whole thing with China, right? And there's been guesses. And I, I think even at the NBA executive level, they're still waiting for direction, I think. 
there's a general sense that uh, revenue could be down and the the cap and luxury tax tax numbers might not be as high as we think. But how much are they going to go back this year? They certainly don't know how much they're going to go back next year. So to have Exum off the books, if this works with Clarkson, then they can resign him. If it doesn't work, two things. If it doesn't work, then giving up the second round draft picks won't feel so good. But I think what they really paid for with the second round draft picks was a chance to have their finances in order next year. That's really what they were paying for. As far as the players, I kind of view it as a push. Neither guy has really been what the other team wanted. And maybe different system, different teammates, fresh start. Both teams, I think, are thinking maybe that'll trigger this guy and we'll get more out of him than the last club did. But next year, if it doesn't work with Clarkson, the Jazz will have, depending on what the salary cap is, I don't know, six, eight, ten million dollars to play with. Clarkson's making thirteen right now, um, and I, I'd be surprised if they went out and spent thirteen million next year. Uh, but it, it'd still be a chance to go out and pay somebody something and add to the bench next year and give him a chance to do something okay. in the summer if it doesn't work with Clarkson. If it works with Clarkson, they may want him back. I'm a little higher on the Clarkson deal than you are because I think Cleveland obviously is going to a complete and total youth movement and Sexton and the guys that they have there are younger than Clarkson. Not that he's an old man at 27, but they're playing guys who are three, four years younger than he is. So I think there's a little more value. I don't think it's a push. I think it's slanted jazz. They need some scoring. He can provide it. And I also think that they've done a really good job over the years, ever since the Karolinko deal, of not being saddled with just ridiculous contracts. You know, you had the Ostertag and uh, Karolinko, and it was like they couldn't wait to those uh, contracts expired so they can get those guys and get mm, certainly more Karolinko because his production went down, obviously, and, and they were just waiting until they could be unburdened. And it seems like since then, I can't think of anybody, maybe you would be able to come up with somebody, to where they were just waiting till the deal was over so they could move on. And Dennis Lindsay and now Justin Zanuck being there too, they've done really well as far as being able to have flexibility and not being burdened. When they've paid the big money to the guys, seems like those guys have been worth it. And obviously Gobert and then Mitchell's coming up down the line and whatever they're allowed to pay the kid, they're going to. We already get that. So they've done well on keeping that flexibility. So I agree with you completely on that. It wasn't a long-term deal, obviously, that they're acquiring back from Clarkson. And then the other kid is going to be on some minimum deal, whatever that is, whatever their salary structure is that they've negotiated with the Players Association and all that stuff. So I agree 100% there, but I think that in my mind, and maybe I'll be wrong, and it won't be the first time, I think Clarkson gives them a little more value in terms of it being a push, unless Exum finally delivers on that potential. But, you know, we're five years into it, and that hasn't happened yet. Fresh start for both guys. Uh, Cleveland, it's interesting with Clarkson. You know, he's had different chapters. He's only been in Cleveland two and a half years. And the first year, he he was with the Lakers for three and a half. I think that's where most of the fans remember him from. There was a bunch of stuff on social media. People remember him there. He didn't shoot the three well. Now, he's not the first guy not to shoot the three well early in his career and then improve. That's a pretty familiar story. He went to Cleveland at the end of what would have been his fourth year in the NBA. Okay, he moves in the middle of the fourth year, and he's there for 28 games at the end of the year. And a guy who's been shooting 32 34% at the three-point line is suddenly a 40% three-point shooter, almost 41. 
If you can shoot 41% from three, you're going to play in the NBA a long time. It doesn't make you Kyle Korver, but it'll give you a Kyle Korver-length career. People want that skill if you've got it. So then his first full season in Cleveland, he goes back to being a 32% three-point shooter. Now, this year so far, and it's a small sample size, only, he's played 29 games this year, but he's back to being a 37% shooter. 37% shooter, will, I think that'll keep him in the Jazz rotation right now, the way the Jazz bench is going. So I don't know who he's going to be when he's here. And just in the last two and a half years in, in Cleveland, and you know, I don't follow Cleveland close enough, I don't know who he's been on the floor with, um, you know, how they may have changed what they're doing that makes him better or worse. So it'll be interesting to see how Quinn tries to use him to get that. Because you can get him back to 40% shooting, which he was for, you know, almost 30 games. All right. Yeah, you got something. Absolutely. Because that goes back to what I said. All the bench, the bench doesn't have to be great. And we'll get to these comments here on social media. And they point out a bunch of flaws and potential flaws with them. They can all be true. But he's with the bench group, and with as much money as the Jazz have spent with the starters, and as well as they have a couple of five-man groups playing, the bench just has to be okay. If the bench is okay, you're going to feel great about the team. So, to the comments, 855-340-ZONE, if you're up, we'll give you priority over people who hit up the social media uh, overnight. Uh, Tom is torn on the deal. He says, I know we needed the bench help. I'm just not quite sure Clarkson was who I had in mind. I feel like his career has been so up and down. On the other hand, he's healthy and apparently playing decent this year, and that's more than they're getting from Exxon. So in the end, okay, I approve. I'm sad, but I approve. I wonder if he's more sad because he's attached to Exxon or he's more sad because he, he thought he was getting a, you know, a bigger, shinier bike, and he got you know, a smaller bike that's used. He got a, he got a three-speed, not a ten-speed. No. I think that he's sad because they get – they get associated. They get attached to these players. And Exum seemed like a nice kid. He always was kind of goofy when he would come on the radio. And he was ours. And he liked it here. The same old reasons that we've heard over and over again on how our community gets so attached to these players. And so when they leave, I mean, look at that. Look at the stuff we've been taking on Derek Favors the yep. last few weeks. You, you, you would have thought that... Uh, in, you know, he was uh, Paul Malone or somebody. Yeah. I mean, come on. Tony is uh, – I, I agree with you that there's a lot of jazz fans who, who are like that. Tony is not one of them. Tony, anything for the underwhelming years of Dante Exum is a bonus for the jazz at this point. <laughs> that's, that's cold-blooded analysis there. No warm and fuzzy. There's a lot of fans who do the warm and fuzzy, and that's part of the – it's part of the charm, it's, you know, but not Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey's, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, Casey's uh, right there with Tony. Another ball-stopping volume score on our second team that doesn't pass a rebound. Hard pass. We need size, and we need hustle. Well, what, were we going the will-over-skill stuff here again? I guess, yeah. Uh, two and a half we need, we need uh, players. Two and a half assists in 23 minutes per night. So he passes a little bit. I mean, that, I get that doesn't make him John Stockton, Steve Nash, and Jason Kidd all rolled into one. But he'll pass it a little bit. And at this point, a volume scorer who would trade hoops. I, we've talked about this with different people we've had on, and I think we had this discussion with Steve Cleveland. If the bench can't or won't, and I think more can't than won't, 
Um, <laughs> the won't might lead to a release. They're gonna, I don't think the Jazz will ever come clean on that. We'll all end up guessing about that. But if the, if the bench can't play the same style that the starters play and the Quinn Snyder wants and prefers, if you do have one or two gifted scorers who come off the bench and you do something different and you get the bucket you need, that's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but go with it. I mean, Clarkson, 14 points a game. He, he can put it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike is very bottom line. The Jazz need someone who will score. Clarkson can do that. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, offensively, the Jazz have been in the bottom third of the league. And, you know, partly that uh, is the bench. Partly that is the Conley deal not being everything everybody wants it to be so far. Um, and obviously right now he's not playing at all. But it is definitely partly the bench. Right. Well, I think it goes back to what I was talking about yesterday. Going forward, we were talking about them. Can we see them in the conference final? And you were saying, right now, no. And I was agreeing with you right now when we were talking about this yesterday. But the point I was making yesterday was that going forward, the team that we see right now is not going to be the team that we're going to see in the future because I was saying that they were going to get Conley back and if they can get Conley back playing close to what he's shown, that's an addition plus the new player. There was no doubt in my mind they were going to get a new player. Now maybe they might have two new players because when you're looking for G League acquisitions and I thought they were going to get somebody from the G League. I had no idea who so I'm not saying I had the story by any stretch but I had heard that the management went down to Vegas with a specific purpose. Obviously, it was work and all work. And they were looking to basically bring back somebody. I didn't know. I had no clue who it was. And so you're looking for that G League player now to be what? Your eighth, ninth guy? And maybe Niang moves up a little bit here with his shooting. So there is plenty of examples of G League guys slotted in that eighth or ninth spot on a team that can help a team in minutes here and there. So you got Clarkson, Conley comes back and is playing better, which I I still believe it's going to happen. And I may be a fool, and by the end of March, I might say, well, forget it, it's not happening. I got to the point with Exum saying, forget it, it's not happening. Uh, And then you got this Tucker kid down the line. That's a better rotation, a better bench than what they had yesterday at this time. More people weighing in. Facebook, DJ and PK. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael is ambivalent on the, car, on the Clarkson uh, acquisition. It doesn't make him ambivalent on the trade. Well, they have to do something. Exum can't stay healthy. Mike isn't signing off on Jordan, nor is he uh, giving up on him. He's just happy that they're trying something other than Dante. Which at this point, I think that goes back to what I said earlier about the deal. You know, both these teams are like, we're not going anywhere with this guy. Maybe we can get more out of this other player. Let's make the deal. Maybe they can unlock something. Yeah, I think there's more to it with Clarkson. I think they just want to go youth. Yeah, go young. It's not like they weren't getting stuff out of them because they were. Yes, I would give you a little more on that. Absolutely. I mean, they do have the younger guys, and if they think those are their guys and they're going to play them, then move on. 
Uh, we, we have more people weighing in. Uh, Casey, um, the Jazz needs someone who will move the ball, play defense, and shoot when open. Clarkson does uh, one half of those. He shoots when he's open. He also shoots when he's not open. The Jazz' largest need is a long three or four that can defend bigger wings. Okay, well, the problem with that is that that's what everybody wants, which makes those guys really hard to find. Yeah. You're right. The Jazz need that. Everybody needs that. Even if you have a guy, you want two. And if you have two of them, you want three. Let's go to the phones. Jordan is up on Christmas Eve. Jordan, good morning. Good morning. How are you both doing? We are doing well. How are you? What, why are you up so early on Christmas Eve? Most people haven't haven't woken uh, up yet. I'm working Christmas Eve, so there it is. Um, didn't get the lucky straw, I guess. So what do you think of the moves? I think it's a good move. Um, we need some more help with the bench. I have a quick question about the bench, though, with you guys. And I, I'm not the most, I guess, you could say, up-to-date on the Utah Jazz with their bench. I've watched the games here and there, and what I see, I can see what everyone else is talking about. My question is, because I keep on hearing on the radio, and especially from you guys, how Quinn Snyder's system is very uh, complex, and it, it can be hard to learn. Do you think that Quinn Snyder should maybe make it a little bit more simple for the bench to help them get some more points instead of making it complicated, or has he already tried that, you think? And it's just, they need better players. I think the answer is what you just said at the end. They need better players. I was on the afternoon show okay. a couple of days ago, and Gordon said, what's it going to take? And I said, two new players. The, the rotation, there's only six, some nights seven guys that the Jazz can really count on to produce. And if you look at most good teams, they have eight or nine. And the Jazz need to find two new players. Are these the two guys? You know, time will tell. I mean, everything you've been saying, PK, about, uh, and we were talking about this yesterday, you know, that the Raja Bell type acquisition. You find a guy somewhere who isn't playing, who isn't getting a chance, who can get it done. And maybe that's what they found in the G League. Or maybe that's what they found in Clarkson. And, you know, it just, the Lakers, when he was with the Lakers, that was a pretty tumultuous time. That might not have been the best time to be a young player. How many coaches did they go through there, you know? That, that doesn't help you deliver. You go to Cleveland, but they're bad, and they've got draft picks, and they go get young guys, and they got young guys they want to give a shot. So you just maybe – we talk about all the time, if you're the star, great. And if not, Ron Boone has been saying this for, for decades. you got to find – a system that fits you unless you're a really special player. And so maybe Clarkson hasn't got that yet. And maybe Quinn will t- tweak what he does and they'll get the most out of him. But he does have a knack for scoring and that's been a problem. So it's at least worth the chance. Trade hoops, get through the bench minutes, get the starters, who they're paying most of the money. I mean, there's four guys making about $85 million. So it's not surprising that when those four guys are on the floor, they're a much better team. And when two or three of those guys are sitting, they're not nearly as good a team. And obviously, Conley's one of those guys, and he's been hurt, so he's been sitting for a couple of weeks now. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback on the Jazz moves, 855-340-ZONE. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, or on Facebook, DJ and PK. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6. They're going to be at the warehouse, 85 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Christmas Eve, the Jazz giving all the fans a gift. A couple <laughs> of new players, new faces. Somebody new to fall in love with, PK. Or, yeah. or you know, not, and then move on to the next guy to fall in love with. <laughs> Don't fall in love with a chucker? Is that a song? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Rajon Tucker, you did your homework on him, PK. Got his life story. Memphis? Yeah. Ooh, grad transfer. Because Memphis is They actually uh, didn't play for Memphis, though. No, but they were interested in him. And they're only interested. Absolutely. They, they seem to be going very heavy on the uh, talent. Hmm. Bring him in. Well, yeah. I mean, Penn Hardaway's the coach. Obviously, he knows talent. Uh and that kid was at Arkansas Little Rock, so that's not that far away geographically. And he made a commitment as a grad transfer, so that meant he was going to graduate college, so that's a good sign right there. And um, they were interested. Memphis said they wanted him. He had committed, but then he went into the draft, and obviously he stayed in it. He didn't get drafted. Uh, they they like him. I communicated with their PR people uh well, early this morning, and they said they would like to come on. They would be willing to come on, but the deal obviously isn't official yet, so they can't. And uh, so maybe this kid, you know, there's plenty of, maybe not plenty, but there's several Royce O'Neills out there, and what you're looking for is promise, and maybe he can help you in the short term a little bit now. I mean, I don't think he's going to make a big difference, but... You know, by all accounts, he was one of the better, if not the best player in the G League. And that's the next step away. And guys develop, and they get better, right? I mean, the, the, the Joe Ingles story, he never played in the G League, but basically he was sort of a G League player. Uh, and you know, look what he's doing. And look what he did last night. He was sensational. So maybe you got something there. In my mind, these moves... These acquisitions were worth The Jeff Green story is a different story. But the acquisitions, it's worth it. And I think you've got to have some trust in the guys who are running the show for you. And, you know, what's their track record? Do they have more hits than misses? Everybody has misses. You'd have to say the Exum thing is a miss, right? But everybody's got them. But you've got to have more hits than they have misses. And so I like these guys who are in charge. Maybe I'm a little biased there. But for now, I'm going to trust them. And then we get to second-guess all the moves they make in the coming weeks and months and years, for that matter. So, losing Jeff Green and adding Tucker. I mean, Tucker's 6'3". So, as they work on the guard line, the shooting, I get basketball's more perimeter-oriented. But do you think they have enough size? 
or is this going to be an opportunity for somebody off their own G League roster? Or is there another move out there? Yes. Yes, the Harvard kid. You mean Yale kid and Mia Yoni? Yeah. What's what's his yeah. size? Six four, six five. Or they're just well, gonna I mean, go small not... and small ball and not worry about it. Well, you're asking me, do they have enough size? I'm certainly concerned. And then this other question is, do, do they? Will they have an opportunity? Will another G League player from their own roster have an opportunity? Brantley, Mione, anybody? You oh, know. Br- Brantley's the guy. Brantley's the guy I was thinking of. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Brantley. I was yeah. gonna say, I was like, Brantley's the bigger dude. Is if you're looking for size. Right. Brantley was. Brantley was the guy. Brantley was the name I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, I misspoke there. Yeah, I think that, and I've heard that too, that this is the opportunity for him. And he's got a body. I mean, we saw that right off the bat. The, the night they drafted him and we all started looking and doing the research, is, and we had his coach on, didn't we, if I can remember, remember correctly? Didn't we have his coach on? You are correct. And uh, he saying the, the kid's got a body, so maybe there's something there. I don't know that, but maybe there is something there. We got more people weighing in on Twitter this morning, analyzing the trade. You can jump aboard David DJ James. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK, or you can call 855-340-ZONE. And Yacht, do you have any audio? Anybody waking up early on Christmas morning using the app? Pretty light <laughs> so far. That's because it's Christmas Eve. All right, use the app. They'd have like one bees ticket on the berm in 2026 for whoever uses the app first this morning. Sends us your uh, sends us your take. Yeah, yeah, something out there. Oh, the distance. A uh, trip to Hawaii. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Rob tweeting at us. I hate to say it, but I'm glad they were able to unload Exum. He was always breaking. Guy in eight hundred one. Breaking bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> breaking bad. <laughs> uh, guy in eight hundred one. I love it, and he's got uh, Rodney Dangerfield dancing and laughing. Send us a gift. Nice. <laughs> Great. I know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. That's exactly what he's doing. That is exactly it. Here, I'll retweet it so you all can see see the gift. Him laughing. Uh, there you go. It's out. Enjoy. Um, Exum's a phenomenal athlete with very little NBA basketball skill. Good kid, though. I hope he figures it out. Uh, you know, so that is interesting going forward. You know, they always go back and redraft. And why do teams do what they do? And what did they miss? The draft Exum came out on, it came out in, he was, there was a group of four guys at the top for a long time. You know, a group of four, and then there was a break. And the Jazz were drafting fifth. And at the last second, I mean, after, you know, the typical weeks and weeks of analysis, Orlando throws everybody a curve and takes Aaron Gordon, who had been at Arizona and was wildly athletic, but was viewed as being very raw. And so Exum slides, yeah. and whoever is drafted five at this point is going to draft Exum, and the Jazz do. So now Gordon has done better than Exum, but Gordon hasn't been able to, I mean, what have the Orlando Magic done? You know, it hasn't really moved the needle. So when you're drafting players, there was a time where 
it was all about defense and they hadn't changed the rules yet and you wanted to be long and athletic and you didn't have to be the most skilled guy. But with the way they've changed the rules and the way the game's evolved absolutely in the last 10, but really more in the last five years, are those the guys to go for going mm-hmm. forward? How much can you... How much do you need the athletic ability and how much do you need the skill when you have a choice of one or the other? And the Jazz have invested in development guys in a ton of them, as have you know, a lot of other teams in the NBA. So there is still this, we'll get an athletic guy and we'll coach him up. And it does work, right? Un- we've seen a couple of undrafted players doing really well for the Jazz. And we've seen Joe Ingles get a lot better over time. And Royce O'Neal's gotten better over time. But... There's still a limit to that. And it'll be interesting to watch that going forward. Because when you go back and redraft that draft, Orlando did the right thing, but it wasn't quite enough. And maybe that guy just isn't there when you draft and you just get the best player you can. You know, I thought all that very thing, and we didn't discuss this, but I thought that exact same principle that you're speaking of when trying to put my mindset back in that draft at that time uh, I, I thought of that as you were saying that uh, that that's that was the line of thinking at the time, and this kid Exum was so beautiful in a beauty pageant way. Right. But was there any substance there? You know, he stood on stage in that bikini and boy, or that bathing suit, and he sure looked good. But you know, was there any brains behind it? There was there ability. Well. Maybe there is, but there certainly hasn't been enough health. And you look at that draft, not, not a killer draft that year. Jordan Clarkson actually went in that draft. It was a 46th pick. I looked at it last night, and uh, interesting. But then there are some players, the foreign guys. Jokic went in that draft at 41st. Yep. Uh, jumped out at me. Uh, he, he was uh, one of those guys delay, you yeah. speak. This One of those guys you speak of with the incredible athletic ability and that was uh, Zach Levine out of uh, UCLA. Remember him mm-hmm. now with the Bulls? I mean, he's not, he's not on a winning team, and he was with Minnesota, but that kid had incredible and has incredible athletic ability. Now, he's been able to harness it a little bit and play well, but there's been a ton of guys from that draft that really haven't panned out. Uh, Gordon, not really. Uh, Exum, obviously not. Uh, Jabari Parker as the second pick. Yep. I mean, obviously, Embiid sitting there at number three. If you have to do that draft that over over again, Embiid is going number one, I would think. Yep. Uh, so, but that principle that you have that you're bringing up was something that I thought exactly true, and there's got to be more there. But when you're drafting these kids at so young, man, you just don't know. It's such a the the, the word crapshoot obviously comes to mind. Yeah, uh, you know, big foreign guys are probably well, – well, big guys is what that draft – I mean, Embiid at number three is the best player. Uh, Nurkic at 16, and then at 41, Jokic. Uh, you know, the Joker would go – he'd go two, wouldn't he, in this draft now? After Embiid? I would think so, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's Wiggins, Parker, Embiid, and Exum were the four guys I was talking about at the top of the draft. And Wiggins ended up going one. Parker ended up going two and then having multiple knee problems. Uh, Embiid three was the best player. Uh, but the next set of guys, you know, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, 
you know, Randall's moved around. Randall seems to have the game for the NBA 15 years ago. He just seems to be a guy who's clearly, I, I think, as, as power forwards who operate inside a 15-feet go, which isn't what the NBA wants right now, he's, he's actually pretty effective. But it's just not, in an era when everyone's valuing the three-point shot, he doesn't yeah. bring that, you know? But he's... He's a he, Zach Randolph type. Yeah. Yeah. And if he had played in the 90s, uh, he would have had a much better career. But there, uh, to your Probably. point, there, there are a lot of guys. Clint Capella went at 25. And I think that's an example of, mm-hmm. he's a good player, but he found the right system and the right fit that we were talking about in the last segment. You know, he fits well with what the Rockets need and basically, that just comes off the beard, right? So who who can play and who can fit there? And on another team, maybe he wouldn't work quite so well. He'd, I think he'd still be all right, right. anywhere. But, uh, but he's really good in Houston. Find the right team. And he's done it. And to his credit, he knows he's got a good thing going, and he's riding it there. All right, DJ and PK, coming up. Football tonight. It's BYU and it's Hawaii. Darnell Dixon, BYU reporter for the Daily Herald, is going to join us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. He's coming up next. Kirk Cragthorpe at 9 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.